Let us pray. Do not leave us comfortless, but send us your Holy Spirit to strengthen us. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. There's a joke that gets passed around about this time every year in circles of priests, which means it may or may not be as funny as I find it to be. And it goes something like this. There was a preacher who relied on his secretary to write his sermons. Now, when I say write his sermons, I do not mean simply that she dictated what he came up with, but conceived of and authored from start to finish without any sort of attribution or acknowledgement. Now, as you might imagine, she got more and more exasperated with the situation and over time lost all respect for the preacher. Eventually, she decided she was done. The very next Sunday, the preacher was in the midst of a sentence during his sermon when he came to a page turn. And this illustrates the mystery at the very heart of the Trinity, which is, on the top of the next page, you're on your own now. (laughs) A preacher got what he deserved. This morning, we too are on our own. We are situated in between several landmark events in scripture and in the life of the church. Thursday was the Feast of the Ascension, which celebrated Jesus' return to the right hand of God. But we are still a full week away from Pentecost, which marks the coming of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church. So effectively, Jesus has left the building, and though the arrival of the Holy Spirit is imminent, it has not yet happened. This moment in the Christian calendar, these 10 days, is one of only two times in the year where we are about as on our own as we'll ever be. We are very much in a liminal space in between one thing and the next. So I wonder what we are to make of this relative aloneness. What does it mean to be without Jesus and without the Holy Spirit? I wonder if you've ever felt as though you were longing for God only to feel utterly alone. The text we had this morning seems to point towards the posture Jesus, hope, Jesus might hope for us in moments when we feel alone. Those who are named in today's verses include the disciples as well as Jesus' family members, his brothers and his mother. There was a small but substantial crowd that had begun traveling together. And in the face of uncertainty about what was to come, there are two things this group of people does that become markers of all Christian communities who follow in their footsteps. The first is that they stayed together. They left the mountain called Olivet and returned to Jerusalem about a Sabbath day's journey away. Then they all gathered in the room upstairs where they were staying. While scholars have made different stipulations about exactly where and what that room may have been, the inference is that it was the location of the Last Supper and one of Jesus' post-resurrection experiences. They returned to a place where the power of Jesus' presence was accessible to their hearts and memories. They did not go their separate ways. 
but traveled together. They stayed together. This simple yet important commitment to being present and in communion with one another tells us a lot about what they were going through. It also remains a marker of Christian communities today. Once they reached the upper room, they stayed there and prayed together. The essence of being in communion with God involves committing oneself and one's community to prayer, to a constant form of intercession with the Holy One. Those gathered were undoubtedly experiencing some degree of grief and anxiousness around Jesus' departure for the second time. Yet they did not try to fix anything or to take matters into their own hands as we, as our best intentions might lead us to do in moments of helplessness. They gained strength from one another and from God's presence in their midst. Here's what we know about how this story plays out beyond the verses that we read today. They were all, eventually, okay. Together, gradually, and prayerfully, they made their way through to the other side. But actually, it's even better than that. With the gift of the Holy Spirit, they came to find that who they were and whose they were meant that they had all they needed to do everything that Jesus had asked of them. They became the catalyst for the very same church that you and I are a part of today. Prayerfully and together, they found their way back to the heart of it all, remembering that they had known and become known by the very heart of God. With that as the central truth, it seems manageable that we might be on our own, even for a brief moment in time. The truth remains that this morning, we sit in the relative discomfort of the in-between. The joy of Jesus' resurrection on Easter has potentially begun to fade from our vision, and we continue to wait for the companionship of the Holy Spirit. And in the midst of it all, we cannot help but be reminded of the experience of those who traveled with Jesus. The gift of companionship, the the time of sitting together, and their return to God in prayer were more than enough. They remembered who they were and whose they were. In the moments when we feel most alone, May it be this community that helps you to remember who you are and whose you are. Amen.